Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio, and today I want to talk about the truth serum. Now, I'm recording this the day after the election. Trump is won and the nation is stunned. At least 50% of the population is stunned. Now, I don't. this is not about politics. I want to talk about something that's really interesting that I just discovered and I want to share with you. And then I'm going to tie it into sales. Everybody right now is, you know, is going through this whole vertical thing like, you know, how did he win? I shouldn't say everybody, at least 50% of the population is waking up to this reality that Donald Trump is our next 45th president. And so many people are asking themselves, especially the media, how did we get it so wrong? The media is now basically contorting itself, trying to rationalize, come up with reasons. How could we have been so wrong? What did we miss? Well, there's a group called the Trafalgar Group, spelled T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R group, that got it right. Two days before the election, they pretty much published a prediction that says Trump would win. So people are trying to understand that. How did this group get it right? How did they manage to you know, see through the veneer of media bias and actually get to the truth? In other words, how did they uncover voter preferences when the mainstream media and all the intelligent pollsters out there couldn't do it? Well, it turns out that the Trafalgar Group basically asked one question that revealed the voters' true preference. And I want to share that question with you, and then I want to turn that back into selling and how we can figure out a buyer's preference if we use a similar strategy. The Trafalgar Group figured out that if they asked somebody, for example, especially women and college-educated professionals, who are you voting for, they typically wouldn't get a straight answer. They just didn't want to divulge who they were voting for, or it wasn't reliable. But then they asked the follow-up question that really revealed their true voter preference. And this is the simple question they asked them. They asked the people who wouldn't reveal their personal voter preferences in most cases, who are your neighbors voting for? Hmm. Who are your neighbors voting for was the question they asked. And obviously the person responded. Well, the study showed that based on that response, that was more accurate than the actual response they gave about themselves and who they were going to vote for. Said another way, if you ask me directly who am I voting for, I may or may not give you a straight answer or maybe wouldn't even give you an answer. But if you ask me who is my neighbor voting for, I will tell you immediately, well, my neighbor's voting for this person, right? And that to the pollsters told them, especially, again, if they were women, and college-educated professionals, that that's who they were really going to vote for. Now, this is interesting because when you're asked a question about who you're going to vote for, one of the things that we often fear is one that we're kind of making a commitment. Once we say something, we commit to that position. So whether I was voting for Clinton, Trump, Johnson, Stein, once I say that, I've made a public commitment, a public declaration. But I've also left myself open to judgment by the pollster. So, for example, if I did choose Trump, well, I don't want the pollster judging me, so therefore, maybe I just don't want to share this type of information. So if you ask me, Victor, who are you voting for? I said, well, that's a personal matter. I'd rather not share that with you. Then you ask me the follow-up question, Victor, who are your neighbors voting for? I said, well, they're definitely voting for blank candidate. 
And just using that question, something that was detached from the individual, in other words, your neighbors, who were they voting for, they got more accurate answers. In other words, to really find out who they were going to vote for, all we had to do is ask them, who are your neighbors voting for? And you would get a more likely accurate answer. Now, this is interesting because it reminded me of a study I read years ago, and I can't find the actual study, and I'm going to dig for it. When I do, I'm going to post this online. But it was called the Truth Serum Question. How can we ask a customer to give us accurate information even when they're reluctant to give us accurate information? Much like the voter, they don't want to tell us who they want to vote for, but we need to figure out who they're going to vote for. With clients, we need to know, are they going to close the deal with us or aren't they? So here are the questions. And the strategy was as follows, that if you want to get the truth out of your customer, much like the pollsters did with their voters, what you need to do is ask two questions, similar but very different to what the pollsters use. The first question you ask the customer, let's say you finish doing the presentation and the customer tells you, you know, we're going to think about it. Then you ask a broad question, right? And then you're going to ask a specific question. The first broad question you're going to ask is, Mr. Customer, when do you think your company will be making a decision? That's the broad question. Mr. Customer, when do you think your company will be making a buying decision? And you'll get one answer. Let's say it's a month. That's the answer. Well, I think we'll make a decision in a month. Then you follow up with a specific question. But Mr. Customer, when do you personally think you'll be making a decision. And what studies have shown that when I asked a specific question, not the broad question, when will your company make a decision, but I ask a specific personal question, when do you think they'll be making a decision, I'll always get a more accurate answer. Now let's think about this. When you ask the broad question, when do you think your company will be making a decision, much like the pollster asking about the neighbors, you know, it's something that's removed from you. You don't take ownership of that answer because that's your neighbor. That's the company making a decision. So you'll give a general answer. But when you ask me specifically your follow-up question, but Victor, when do you think you're going to be making a decision? Now I have to take personal ownership of that answer that I'm about to give you. In other words, I need to make a commitment. And because I'm taking ownership of that answer and not the company, I'm going to give you a more accurate answer. Now, this is fascinating because you can use it in various scenarios. That was one. How about this one? You know, what matters most to your company, Mr. Client? Right? Let's say you're talking to a client. What matters most to your company? They're going to give you a broad answer. But then I asked a specific question. What matters most to you, Mr. Client? And you'll always get a more accurate answer. Begin with the broad question, then make it personal, and you'll always get a better answer. One more example. Is your company more concerned about A, product fit, B, the product features, or finance? Product fit, product function, features, and finance. And they're going to give you an answer. Well, you know, I think we're really concerned about whether this product is a fit for our company. And, you know, I see it has a lot of the features. And, you know, price is always an issue, right? That'll be the typical answer you'll get. But what if you follow up with a more specific question now to that client? You say, Mr. Customer, what do you think is the biggest concern? Product fit, function, or finance? Now, again, because I asked a specific question, I'm going to get a more reliable answer. 
So this is like a truth serum approach, right? By asking the broad question, we get the general statement, right? Let's just call it the politically correct statement. No pun intended. You'll get the general politically correct statement. Well, we think we'll make a decision in one month. Yes, but Mr. Cusper, when do you personally think you'll be making a decision? Now, again, because the person has to accept personal responsibility for their answer, because it's not the company anymore who's making a decision, when do you personally think you'll be making a decision? That person now has to own that answer. And because they have to own that answer, they're going to be more responsive to giving you a more valid response as opposed to a vague response. So again, it's a simple two-step strategy. Broad question first, when do you think your company will make a decision? What matters most to your company? Is your company concerned about A, B, or C, right? But then you make it very specific. When do you think you'll make a decision? What matters most to you? And what do you think is the biggest concern? And again, by asking the broad question first, and then one more specifically, you'll always get a better answer to your question as a salesperson. This is Victor Antonio signing off on the Sales Influence Podcast. Again, let me know what you think of this podcast. Give me some suggestions, some feedbacks, feedback rather. And if you haven't left a comment on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and iTunes or Stitcher, please leave some feedback. Give me some idea of what you think of these short podcasts. I'm trying to keep them under 10 minutes just for you. Don't forget to check out my video website, SeminarsOnSelling.com for some great sales training videos for you and your team. And on that note, I want to thank you again for listening. This is Victor Antonio always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care.